1: The Senate is ours. Fuck them. We still need to lean into the race down in Georgia. We need to make sure there's 51 for a lot of different reasons. We're going to go over that today. Also, also, it's still very close in this house. It does appear that um, it's going to be one or two seats, like I've been saying. One or two seats is going to decide the house here. Um, I, I think there was a race called in New Mexico that uh, was flipped by Democrats. I'm not sure of the exact race within the last hour or two. Um, so it's going to come down to the skinny. Uh, there's a lot of people still trying to cure ballots in California. So if your ballots are still outstanding and they need to be cured, you can hear my voice. Go get them cured and follow the directions. Um I know uh, Mueller, she wrote, Allison Gill is, uh, is, has been posting on her Twitter page about curing ballots in California. So it's super important that these races go our way, even if it's just one vote. Now, I know people are worried about the Republicans taking the House, but here's the thing. Even if they take the House by one, maybe two votes, they're already freaking out. They, can't, they won't be able to develop leadership that they want with one or two votes. Um, it's going to be very difficult for them to uh, bang up the House. Now, even if they use the House as a committee wedge uh, to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop for the next 24 months, well, good luck to them. I actually believe that that will damage them more than it will help them. Uh, if, If this last midterm that we just had is more of a sign that America is fucking sick and tired of these fucking fascists, I don't know what you were paying attention to and for them to double down and triple down and quadruple down on more fascism um, and more insanity, more of this QAnon shit. And really, I think that is the the wedge that is being drawn here that we need to draw here. I said this morning on Twitter, I am not going to fucking give you a single ounce of attention for what dim leadership wants to be. I don't give a fuck what the dim leadership is. I don't give a shit. Don't care. We're not going to pay attention to that here on the Tony Michaels podcast. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to drive these fucking wedges between the MAGA and the GOP and we're going to keep doing it. We've been doing it for 2 years. I'm going to keep doing it for the next 2 years. It's an effective fucking strategy. It's what one Gen Z and women absolutely engaged in their democracy, not because Dems had a great a great set of candidates, it's because they didn't want crazy in charge. It's not fucking complicated. This is not fucking complicated. And we got the narrative out. We got the message out and they listened and they engaged. That's what is important. And now that we have a movement built behind the democratic party, now it's not the time to change the narrative. It is not the time to change the messaging. You lean into that motherfucker. We have to draw these wedges because they're doing it. uh, They're doing it on their own. Ron DeSantis and Trump are fighting over who is the who is the head bitch of MAGA. Now, all the meanwhile, Marjorie Taylor Greene is absolutely wanting to go to civil war, quote, shirt, quote, not mine, her, quote, civil war with the Republican Party. Good. Fuck them. And let's keep let's keep encouraging it. That's why I want Trump to win. Run. Let's do that on Tuesday. That motherfucker better run. And I hope he wins the nomination. You goddamn right. Let's do that. Let's let them fight it out. And the criminal who is indicted in several federal courts going to be their nominee. Let's do that shit. We secured the Pennsylvania governor. It it appears that the Arizona governor is going to be Katie Hobbs. Whitmer won in, in Michigan. Folks, those are the three states that they wanted to steal the election in 2024. We also kicked out the fucking secretary of states in those swing states. Folks, we are in good shape for 2024 as long as Georgia comes through for us. Rather, we have one vote in the House to keep the majority or they have one or two votes for them to have the majority. We're in good shape for our democracy. Now, we are not in any shape to fucking to govern. Because we have minority rule in this country. Now, I'm going to wait to see what the count number is. But I can only imagine I can only imagine when you compare how many seats are in the House for the Republicans versus how many fucking votes versus Democrats. What I'm saying is, is that the Democratic House members have way fucking more votes, way fucking more support, way more of a mandate of that's what this country wants. And we have to lean into that. And how we do that is keep doing what we've been doing. We absolutely call them out on the rug. We absolutely mock them. We absolutely call out their fucking nonsense like this morning. Uh, some uh, One of Jeannie Thomas's foundations is trying to stop the, uh, the leadership elections in the House and the Senate. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. Why? Why would we stop the Senate? We know who's going to take the Senate. We know who the leadership in the Senate's going to be. Oh, well, it would be unfair to Herschel Walker. Who gives a rat's ass? Motherfucker didn't get enough votes to be the senator and there's a runoff. So tough shit. That's how democracy works. You either win or you don't, bitch. And you didn't win. So fuck you. We should not delay this. And again, we should not be fighting over who leadership is in the pro-democracy party. Who gives a rat's ass? Fuck them. Let them do what they want to do. What we need to focus on... Is is making sure that this shiv that we have stuck into this no red wave, we twist that son of a bitch. And we twist it by drawing wedges between them because they're doing it, they're doing it beautiful for us. All we got to do is point point it out and encourage it. Push them in that direction. Hell yeah, we want them to fight. This idea that the Democratic Party has been disarrayed is fucking stupid. That's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard of in my life. It is very clear that this country is on the path for democracy. That is what they want. That is what they said on the, in the midterm. No clear vote than what was said. Democracy, democracy, democracy. That's what it is. Now, if the Republicans win the House, if they get it by one, maybe two seats, And who who gives a shit who their fucking leader is, really? I mean, we're going to draw wedges between them. We're going to make sure they fight that out. I want them to fight that out. Oh, yeah, fuck. Let's have a fucking bloodbath between those motherfuckers. And we're going to encourage it. We're going to draw wedges. And we're going to keep going. Keep pushing this narrative. Because it worked. The country listened. But who gives a shit? For two long years, they're going to talk about a laptop and they're going to try to they're going to try to shut down the government. This is going to be their plan, folks. They're not going to have votes in the Senate, but they here's what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to try to shut down government, which they are going to be actively doing it. We must point this out. Their party is going to fight them. There's going to be a, a there's going to be a non-MAGA faction, a non-MAGA caucus that is going to fight them every step of the way in the House because these people are going to rely on the non-maga vote to win, there is less and less and less of them. This Trumpism shit is not cool anymore. Even in their fucking party, it's not beginning to be not cool. And if that fucking fat slob wins, it will be even more uncool. Let him run. Let him win the nomination. Fuck him. Let's let's do it again in twenty twenty four. To absolutely show these motherfuckers how we feel about Trump and Trumpism. Fuck them. Let's do it. The Cheeto dust QAnoner has lost his mind. My hope is, my hope is, is that they slow walk these indictments. Let him fucking run. Let him destroy what is left of Manga. I'm telling you, there was never, there was not a national election since January 6 until this midterm until this midterm there was not a national voice and if if you were paying attention to this midterm you knew what the national voice was fuck trump fuck him and if you want to destroy what is left of maga i mean you know what whatever the fucking republicans decide they want their leadership to be beyond trump well t- fuck We'll deal with that later. Right now, we must draw wedges. We must drive wedges all the way deep down inside of MAGA versus the GOP. And they're already doing it themselves. This is going to be fairly easy, right? This is not going to be a difficult thing to do. Especially if you come here and listen to me every fucking day. Because that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be spreading the national narrative. That manga is still fascism. And manga is still a danger. MAGA is still a threat. Yeah, it may not be a threat to the presidency, but it's a threat to your school boards. It's a threat to your goddamn state legislators. It's a fucking threat. Fascism just doesn't die. It'll go hide out underneath a rock for a little while. But if we don't lean into this, if we don't keep making sure that manga is enemy number one of democracy, and we spell that out in one national voice, they won't go anywhere. They won't. It's gonna take a while, folks. These people still believe that they can gain power by cheating and lying. Even after even after twenty sixteen when he lost by three million. And he still won on a technicality after 2018, after 2020, losing the presidency, the House and the Senate. And then and then in this 2022 midterm, can't gain the Senate, gave Democrats a seat. And it appears that it's going to be almost a virtual fucking tie in the House when they expected to pick up 40, 60 seats, some stupid shit like that. I never believed they were going to pick up these many seats. I actually still I still believe that there's a chance that Dems can take the House. We'll see. We'll see how these votes fall. And again, you know, we can bitch about counting and how long it's taking, which you know that's another fight for another day. Now it's the time to fight, fight and beat back manga fascism, the America First Nazis. I showed you a clip last week of Nick Fuentes. He's the head of America First. He's he's Marjorie Taylor Greene's good buddy. They always have the America First pack, the AF pack. To rebut the CPAC. Because it's just not fascist enough for them. They want it to be full blown Nazi. Holocaust deniers. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Went and spoke to the, this fucking. Chucklehead supporters. And then when asked about it. She's like well I really think. I should uh, speak to those young people. You mean the young Nazis. Listen. I, 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 This is a quote. If there's 10 people. Sitting at a table. With one Nazi, you have 11 Nazis sitting at a table. That's how it works. That's how it fucking works. And Nick Fuentes is a goddamn Nazi. America first Nazi. He's self-proclaimed America first. And he said in his clip, the reason why they want a dictator is because they want to fucking tell you what to do. That's why America said in one voice, hell no to Trumpism. Trumpism. Because enough of them actually got the message that, holy shit, they want to fundamentally make us a white national, a white white nationalist nation. White Christian nationalism is what they want. And they want to force it down your fucking throat. They don't want you to have contraceptives. They don't want you to have bodily autonomy. They won't want women to vote. They don't want young people to vote. They don't want people of color to vote. They don't want it. And Marjorie Taylor Green is the head of that spear and she's calling for civil war in the Republican party. Let's give it to her. Yeah, let's give it to her. Let's do that. Let's encourage it. Hells to the, yeah, let's put them in an arena and let them, let them have a bloodbath. Let them slice each other up politically. Cause I, I talked about last week, political capital and why political capital was so fucking important. That's why Trump's freaking out. Trump is freaking out because he lost all his political capital in this midterm. All of it. He spent it all on these fucking stupid candidates. And the reason why he spent it all on stupid candidates is because you have to be a fucking bonehead to be so loyal to this fucking idiot and his political message. Lies. Just outright fucking lies. QAnon lies. You have to be a fucking bonehead to subscribe to that shit. And he selected them, the fucking boneheads of the boneheads of the boneheads. And that was his candidates. And he spent every single ounce of political capital on fucking QAnon loyalist. (laughs) The only one that really won was J.D. Vance. And he was pretending to be a qanon -er. not really a qanon -er. Hell, he called Trump America's Hitler, for fuck's sake. So yeah, let's encourage this. Let's encourage their little civil war they want to have. Stand back, watch them. Slice up their party, destroy each other, fuck them. That's what they want. Let them do it. And again, I hope tomorrow that Donald Trump announces he's going to run for president. And I hope almost immediately the party... Has to make decisions. Whether they're going to get behind him. Or they're going to look for a new girlfriend. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But we must encourage it. We must encourage the infighting. Everyone wants the Department of Justice to act now. Fuck, why? Why? They lost. They have no power. What are they going to do with one vote? What again, they're going to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop for two fucking years after they just got done bitching about milk and gas prices. And they're not going to do a fucking thing about that. Not a goddamn thing are they going to do. What are they going to hold fucking congressional hearings so Democrats can explain in the congressional hearing what Joe Biden and the Democrats did to try to help the inflation problem and, and the fuel price problem? Is that what they're going to do? Yeah, okay. All right that'll work out really fucking well for them let me tell you <laughs> that'll that'll go over fantastic where the House Republicans what else are they gonna do shut down the fucking government oh good luck with that nonsense oh America will be super happy that they shut down the government you really think you really think if they have a one or two vote margin you really think Do you really believe that they're going to be able to shut down the government, that there's not going to be a handful of Republicans to tell them to fuck off? They ran on this and they're going to be like, let's shut down the government. Yeah, they're going to be on TV. They're going to be on Fox News. We're going to play clip after clip after clip of them drooling to shut down the government. You don't think there's going to be five, ten House members that are Republicans that are going to go, fuck that shit. I'm not voting for that nonsense. I want to win my race in 2024. That's why we got to draw the wedges. That's why we got to keep mocking these motherfuckers. We got to keep at it. We can't stop. Just because there was no red wave doesn't mean that our battle and our fight is over. I told you this for months. 2022 midterm was the most important election of our democracy's lifetime. And you came through for democracy. Democracy won. Regardless of how the House plays out, democracy won. And the most important seats that democracy won was those Secretary of States and those governors races. That was the most important thing for the 2024 race for democracy. Is you got you got people who are level headed who aren't fucking QAnoners running states. I mean, yeah, you had some election deniers and 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 QAnon is running some red states, but that shit's going to go red anyways. They are not going to be able to. What are they going to do? Come up with fake electors for the Republicans that are already getting electors. It's really stupid shit. So democracy won and you did it. You, you, the people did it. Gen Z women got out and fucking voted against fascism, against authoritarianism. And they won some races, they won some states, they were bound to. But it only gives us, it only gives us a good pulse on where we can win and where we cannot win and what we can and cannot do for 2024 and how we can save democracy again because they're going to come for it. They're not going to stop. They want to destroy our country because they want white Christian nationalism. They are fucking Nazis. And as long as they have just just an ounce of power, they're going to try to push that agenda. And they have a lot of power in media, folks. They got loud voices. They're the loudest of the loudest, of the loudest motherfuckers. That's why I yell and scream from this microphone every goddamn day, because we must be louder than they are. We can't just sit back and let them take our democracy because they like to yap about it. We must talk. We must push the narrative. It is super important. And you're the best audience in the world. You come every single weekday for two full hours, and it's growing and growing and growing. Our audience is getting bigger every day. And I believe for the fight for democracy, it's only going to grow and it's only going to get bigger because it is clear. It is clear that the people in this country give a shit about democracy. They really do give a shit. They really do care about what the makeup of their country is. It's important to them, especially this generation that's coming up, which we've never seen before. Young people are always concerned about the makeup of their country and their policies. But we've never seen a generation, a young generation, engage in the ballot like Gen Z did. It's it's very reassuring. And it's only going to get more and more and more for the demographics to lean towards democracy here. But we cannot take advantage of that. We we cannot, we cannot let down. We cannot back down from the fight. We cannot stop leaning into democracy. We have to keep these conversations going. Because trust me, if they do get the House, if they do, if this falls where they've got one or two votes in the House and they've got a Republican majority leader, or a b- Republican speaker, whoever the fuck that may be, they're going <laughs> to... They're going to fight it out anyways. I mean, we should we should ask for Adam Kinsinger or Liz Cheney. That's what we should be suggesting. That's what we should be trumpeting. Adam Kinsinger or Liz Cheney. They fucking hate those motherfuckers. Let's do it. And let Liz Cheney and Adam Kinsinger fight that out with them. Of course, they're not going to be the speaker, but let's do it. Fuck it. Let's draw the wedge. And let's let's make sure they got a reasonable person and a qanon on the ballot. And let's let's. Hammer that wedge all the way deep down inside the GOP and MAGA. Fuck them. That's the national narrative. We'll do this. We're going to do this again. I'm telling you, folks, there is way fucking more of us than there are of them. And this election proves it. And we're going to have more proof of that when we see how the vote actually falls. When every single vote is counted, every single race is called, we will be able to add up and tally up all the votes for democracy. Versus autocracy. And you will see, not just in the governor's races, the secretary of state's races, but in the House and the Senate, democracy is king here. This is the fucking shining city on the hill for democracy. That's what pisses them off. So let's stick together. Let's keep this narrative up. Let's keep driving that wedge between MAGA and GOP. Let's make DeSantis and Trump fight this shit out. Make them fight if they win the speakership. Make them fight for it with each other. Fuck them. Don't worry your little head about Democratic politics, because let me tell you something. Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. Stop the nonsense. If you're out there talking about who the fuck is going to be the presidential nominee for the Dems, you are you are you are you are helping the fucking Nazis. Trust me when I say this. If you are saying anything, are you tweeting it, writing it, fucking talking about it with your friends, about how old he is or whatever? Listen to me. Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. He is going to. Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. There ain't a goddamn thing you can do about it either. So don't even try. It ain't worth it. You're just going to hurt the pro-democracy coalition. And you may not like it. Fine. Whatever. Cool. I don't care if you don't like that Joe Biden's going to be the president, going to be the presidential nominee for the Democratic Party again. I don't give a fuck. Neither does Joe Biden. But he's going to be the nominee. That's what's going to happen. Regardless of what you want. Whether you want him to be the nominee or don't want him, he is going to be the nominee. So just take that fact set it on the shelf, and then go fight fascism. That's what you got to do. That's what you have to do. Just let them fucking fight out the Civil War. Fuck them. Fuck them. Everybody, I appreciate you being here every single weekday. Noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Make sure you follow us here on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Also, go over to Twitter and follow us while while it's still alive at Tony Michaels Pod at Tony Michaels Pod. You can also follow me at the Tony Michaels and my co-host Gabe Sanchez, and I am Gabe Sanchez over on Twitter. I opened a Mastodon account. Do you guys know what Mastodon is? I'm still trying to figure it out over there. I posted a few things this morning. I had a few people follow me, and maybe, and I'll add it to um, I'll add it to the list here. A lot of people seem to be going over to Mastodon. I, I'm not promoting it necessarily, other than I open an account. So if you want to go, if, if you are sick of Twitter, you go over to Mastodon. You can check me out there. Um, I'm going to try to post there and Twitter, see how it goes. There's a lot of different social media sites out there that are claiming are going to be the, the the replacement for Twitter. But um, we'll see how all that that pans out another favor you can do for me is go to your favorite podcast directory and download every single episode of the tony michaels podcast apple spotify google and also leave a review while you're subscribing on your favorite directory here's another favor you can do for me if you're on facebook if you still have the books of face and you still got an account go follow me at the tony michaels We broadcast from the Mindest Touch Facebook page, but I also broadcast on my page and I post a few little cute little memes with some curse words that are great wedges to drive between the GOP and MAGA over there on Facebook. So follow me at the Tony Michaels on Facebook. And you, you know, if you like the Twitch style chat, live chat, you can go follow us on Twitch. It's a free app. I don't get paid for Twitch, Um, but it's a free app. A lot of people like Twitch. The chat over there, it's a little different than YouTube, just a smidge different. We have Rachel Biddecoffer, Dr. Rachel Biddecoffer, going to join us at the top of the hour. So we're going to do a little bit of shit list roundup here. I want to show you a couple videos of these boneheads infighting of of the MAGA GOP civil war. So let's do this. Let's go to a break. When we come back, we'll go to the shit list roundup. And then Rachel Biddecoffer at the top of the hour. Everyone stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: What the fuck is wrong with you people? It's a rhetorical question at best. We'll be right back on the Tony Michaels podcast.
2: Fellow patriots, what would you do if there was a Trump supporter right in front of you? crying in pain because they have to live under communist tyranny. We know what you would do. You'd reach out and give that true American a hand. Now, here's your chance. For only $50 a day, you can help us help those true Americans recover from Biden's socialist reign of terror. These are those Trump supporters, and this is that moment. Send your donation via Venmo to the real president, Donald J. Trump. It's only $50 a day, recurring, and it means you'll get these Trump supporters the critical help they so desperately need to survive under this false regime. Please donate now, because those Trump supporters you just saw can't wait another moment.
0: Fuck em. fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em. We're back to the Tony Michaels Podcast.
3: Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome back to the show. Monday, The new week. How was your guys' week in... What'd you do over the weekend? Did you celebrate when the, (laughs) when the Dems took the Senate? Huh? Did you celebrate? Weehoo! Everyone celebrated. I had a few people message me. Like, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the Senate. We won it. That's what, that's what I have to say. We fucking won. When these, these little snowflake fascists crying in their, crying (laughs) in their MAGA tear glasses, it was a glorious weekend. That was the highlight of the weekend. To me, it was the highlight. But you know, there's democracy and stuff., <laughs> well, what what did you do for your weekend? What? How great was it? Was there anything that stood out specific other than that we won the Senate? Again. <laughs> yes, that's right. We won Trump lost. Um, say it again and again and again and again and again and again. Trump lost. He lost the Senate, folks. That's what happened. Those Trump fucking candidates got their asses handed to him. Oz. Herschel Walker. Listen, if there wasn't a runoff election in Georgia, meaning if that wasn't the thing that happens, Herschel Walker would not be the fucking senator. You got it? If there was not a runoff In Georgia, Warnock would be the senator today, and we must keep that momentum going in that race. We must. We cannot let down on that race. It's going to be up and coming, but really, until tomorrow we find out what the Cheeto Dust QAnoners announcement is, then we can start to really get a good vision of what wedges we need to draw in that race. Now, Warnock's doing a great job. And the reason why is because Herschel Walker is doing such a shitty job. I mean, really, the bar is its not high down there for Herschel Walker. And he's not going to get any help from Mitch McConnell. He's not going to get any help from Kemp Walker, that is. And when you're not getting any help from Republicans and, and here now that now that the Senate is already secured by Democrats, there's probably not going to be a lot of Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham g- going all the way down to Georgia for this fucking knucklehead to lose. Why? Why would they do that? Why would they spend money and treasure and time on the Walker seat when they don't want him in the Senate in the first place? That's right. They don't want him in the Senate. This is fucking boneheaded shit. One of the most excited people in Washington this morning is Mitch McConnell. You know that, right? Mitch McConnell's not sad that Trump lost the Senate. He's not. Mitch McConnell only cares about his own power. If Trump would have won the Senate, Mitch McConnell would not be the leader. Nope, not a thing. They would have mounted a a huge campaign against him and put some kind of fucking Trump senator in the majority leader position. Not McConnell. McConnell did not want these motherfuckers to win. Got it? And Trump's the one who who drove that wedge into the party. He drove it, and then we kept driving it, right? Blake Masters, Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, come on. There was even even talk from these idiots before they knew they lost that they weren't going to vote for Mitch McConnell to be the leader. Mitch McConnell knew that months ago, fucking months ago, that Trump was trying to take the Senate away from him. Why do you think Mitch McConnell moved around money to Murkowski? <laughs> it wasn't because he loves Murkowski or Murkowski, some kind of vote for Democrats. It wasn't, it wasn't in favor of the Democrats. It was against Trump. It's the whole point. That's the whole motherfucking point here. Is that we must let them fight. We must let them drive wedges or we got to drive wedges in between them. And the greatest wedge that was driven driven in between them was these fucking candidates, these Senate candidates. And Herschel Walker is the one left out to dry here. I don't know if you've seen video of him on the campaign trail over the weekend, but the dude's like, whoa, wait a second. I didn't expect to keep campaigning. I thought they were just gonna make me senator, and then I was gonna get be the, the, the Senates of the Senate sirs, and I was gonna, I was gonna get me in office. At the White House. That's probably what he thinks. I don't know. He probably, well, Herschel Walker probably thinks his office, if he's the senator, is at the White House, right? Don't you think that? Surely, I mean, he doesn't know that America is in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest country in the United States. Well, yeah, okay. What? <laughs> oh, fuck. This is what you get when you let Trump pick your fucking candidates. That's why I keep telling you. I want him to run. He is destroying them. Absolutely fucking destroying them. And they want him to remain the Maga King. Just just doubt me on this. They want him to remain the Ultra Maga King. The Cheeto Dust Qanoner, as we call him now. We used to call him the Cheeto Dust Mobster. But he's kind of lost his mobster status. He's just not that good at crime. They're gonna catch him in all of it. And now he's just full on QAnon. So we're gonna change course and we're gonna call him the Cheeto Dust QAnoner. He's the king. He's the king. Yeah, here Kinky. Kinky has it here. They stole the electron. <laughs> yeah, they stole Blake Masters electron out there in Arizona. Weep weep. It's uh, it's crazy stuff. But we must keep at it. We must keep leaning in. We cannot let down. And that is why we're going to continue to do the shitless roundup where we round up all the tweety tweets and trendy trends as long as Twitter is still alive and Elon hasn't fucking burned it to the ground. So let's get to the shitless roundup, start the countdown. (music) Let's round up. We round up all the Tweety Tweets and Trendy Trends. Why it still exists and Elon still is online here. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a shit show over at Twitter. I know you guys don't exactly like all the Twitter talk, but God damn. God damn. He is such a fucking failure. I wish some people were saying that uh, Elon Musk should buy Fox News next. I actually think this morning I tweeted this. I, I think he should buy the RNC. Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's let Elon buy the Republican Party. Let's do that. Well, why not? Fuck it. He's doing such a marvelous job at Twitter. <laughs> oh, this fucking guy. He He's trying to make Twitter better what he does is fire all the people that can make the Twitter better. And then he's, he's, he's uh, tweeting policy at any moment's notice. He's tweeting conspiracy theories. He's basically making Twitter a pretty 4chan and 8chan. It's insane stuff. It's crazy stuff. But I got some more crazy for you this morning because our concentration is going to be to drive wedges. Here's Marjorie Hooffoot Green. She won her race down in Georgia. See, this is another thing that we need to uh, make sure to have discussions about is why we should not fucking stick our noses and especially our fucking treasure into races where the QAnon is going to win. Fuck that shit. Let them have the win. Let them have the crazy so we can point it out how fucking crazy they are. It's good for our narrative. It's good for it's good to bang them up. I'm glad she's gonna be in the house. That's right. Everyone wants her not to be in the house, but look, she's gonna say the same crazy shit, whether she's got a house seat or she doesn't. And what we can do is tie her to the Republican Party now. She's one of them. That's right. Drive that wedge. But let's listen to what kind of what kind of wedges she's gonna give us here for the GOP MAGA Civil War. Let's listen.
4: And politics is a blood sport. And because it is so difficult. And you have to fight as hard as possible. And Steve, you know what that's like. We have to dig in sometimes and we have to do everything we can to stop our enemy. And the enemy is the Democrat Party. That's the enemy of America because they are destroying our country and selling us out. And so this is why our conference has to unify. And I say this, Andy Biggs is one of my dearest friends. I love him to death. Matt Gaetz, closest ally, somebody I trust all the time. All of these people that are involved in this challenge, are my friends. And if, you know, Jake Sherman wants to call it the MTG wing of the party, so be it. But I'm also willing to step out and I know the ground. I know how it works on the inside and the outside. And we have to put someone in for speaker that is going to be elected and not allow the Democrat to pull away one or two because that's what they want to do. And they can do it. Believe me, it can be done. We have Republicans in there that would possibly make a deal as hard as that is for people to believe.
1: There's your wedge, folks. She's giving it to you. There's your fucking wedge. You want to know the wedge? Find those one, two, three fucking people that are going to be turned and wedge that motherfucker. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to have the anti-Maga caucus in the house, regardless, regardless if they win or not here. Depending on how the votes fall, if they have one, two, or Dems have the one-seat ma- majority rule here then we'll see but they're gonna have a non-MAGA caucus now there is going to be an insurgency inside the Republican House against Trump and against Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Getz. and we should use them to draw the wedge and how you do that is you mock both of them you tie Marjorie Taylor Greene to the people who don't want to be tied. You see that? So let's say we have a Congress, a couple of Congress people who, at eh, the Republicans win, right? Let's say we have a couple of those Congress people that are going to vote anti-MTG, Marjorie Hooffoot Green, vote against the sex trafficker Matt Getz, and Jim. I don't report sex crimes, Jordan. They're going to vote against them, right? What we do is we tie them to those people. Not 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 divide them. Don't say, oh, these are really good Republicans. Oh, these Republicans are good. Fuck no, you're a Republican. You are a goddamn Republican, regardless if you vote against Marjorie Hooffoot Green or not. Now's a convenient time not to be a fascist, huh? That's what we do. We must draw those wedges. Because then they have to prove themselves. And the way they prove themselves is they fight. With other Republicans, right, Gabe Sanchez? That is
2: That's- exactly right.
1: Were, were you not ready? Were you not no, ready? no, I was. No, no, I oh, was.
2: Okay, I, okay. I was scratching my head.
1: He's trying to figure out what the hell I'm talking about. No. It, no, no, no. I have, compl- you, have you I mean, seen
2: this? Have you seen this clip of Marjorie Taylor Green? I just showed it. I don't think I saw the clip, but I saw a tweet about her yes. complaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, uh, I wrote it on the board, actually. Okay, uh, let's let's see. Let's see. There. They're, let's. Maga is confused. Uh-oh. They do not know mm-hmm. who to blame who to point the finger to? You've got Ted Cruz freaking out. And you've got uh, you know, you've got obviously Trump who's blaming other people. You've got uh who else is on the list? Um, we've got Charlie Kirk He's who admitted right. who admitted that the Democrats beat them, even though they said mail in, he was like, even though I don't want to do it, we have to push mail-in voting, uh, even though it's cheating. So, well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing
1: about that, because that's another wedge we can draw. Right. So right. when these fucking idiots start supporting these 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 uh, um, ways to win elections, right, mm-hmm. the, the, the way to drive the vote, early voting, mail in voting, absentee voting, same day registration when and, and ballot curing where you're where you're launching a your campaign, which, uh, again, mentioning that anybody in California that needs to cure their ballot, go check your ballot and cure your ballot. There's directions. Uh, I believe Mueller, she wrote, uh, Allison Gill You mean Colorado, Colorado and California. What's in California? Did I miss something? Uh, well, they're curing ballots. There's some cure in a, in one of the districts. Someone was tweeting oh. Any, anywhere you can cure yeah, a ballot, yeah, yeah. cure
2: a ballot. I don't this give a is, shit where it's at. I, I, I mean, I got to say, I think this might be the only election where I've ever heard Republicans tell their constituents to cure their ballots. Well, this is, but this might be the first time ever. But that's the point I'm making.
1: Is is right. now that they're doing that, we don't say, "Yay, you're doing it." We say, "You fucking pieces of garbage." We point it out. You fucking cheating, stealing elections, motherfuckers. We point it out. We point it out because that's what they accuse. We put it right back on them. We right. have to. We have to drive these wedges. And the best wedge that I think we can drive is in the House, because mm-hmm. the situation is either going to be that the Democrats are going to have the one vote one or two vote majority or the Republicans. It really looks like Republicans are going to have a one vote majority at this right. point. There's still balance being counted though. It can still happen, right? It's not out of the woods. Some people are calling the race. Um, some aren't at this point because it's, it's just really unclear what the count's going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. But we will get there in the next few days. I'm sure where we will know what the makeup is going to be. Um, and you already have Jeannie Thomas and her organization trying to steal another election by, by, <laughs> Oh, it's so unfair to Herschel Walker. If yeah, if they vote for fuck him, fuck him. He lost that election. The reason, the reason why we're having a runoff isn't because Herschel Walker won. It's because yeah. Warnoff didn't get fifty. He won the race. He just right. that's the reason why we're having- and also
2: the fact that they have to identify that. I mean, I, the number might be much higher now, but at least on election night, it was seventy thousand people. Seventy thousand voters mm-hmm. looked at that ballot who were Republican and said, "Yeah, I'll vote for Kemp." They saw uh, Herschel Walker's name and they stopped and they go, mm, no, no, and they either didn't vote, they did not like actually. I think that's vote, most of the case, right? Or they I, voted mean, I think for that's the, the highest third party. percentage. Right? Yeah. Yeah, don't I mean you that's think? seventy. That's seventy thousand votes at least on election night, right there. Which is they looked at Kemp as a Republican and said, "Yep, that's my guy" or "That's my party." They looked at Herschel Walker and they said, uh, "I don't know who the fuck this guy is," or like, and not and not so much who the fuck this guy is, but like. Why was he even on the ticket? Right. Like, why was he even someone that the Republican Party pushed? And obviously that's because they completely they, they completely hitched themselves to Trumpism and election denialism and believing that uh, anything that the Democrats will do, which is just, hey, we're going to have a free and fair election. And everyone should have access, mail in votes, should be able to go there. You shouldn't be cut out of line. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be arrested if you're trying to give someone water who's waiting hours in line. These are things that you would think hey, we should have laws against it, right? We should have things that promote a, a, a free and fair election. But you've also got Republicans like Trump and other people who double down, like, you know what? We got to take away these rights. We got to remove the access to this. We got to do this. We got to do this. You can't be here at this time. You can't do this at this time. I can't stress now, this enough.
1: When the, when Gen Z came out and, and Drogen voted because they were taking away people's rights. And then the immediate reaction was, Oh my God, they came and voted. Let's take away the right to vote. Like, that's why they voted against you. You fucking idiots. Like right. we're
2: only giving them more fucking fuel for the fire. You, what a bunch of if, dummies. If there was anything we learned, especially from stacy abrams the last election mm-hmm. she will get people to vote she will right. find people she will activate the base she will engage the voters now you also again you brought up gen z gen z is a huge coalition of people that right. have been like hey you're why why would you restrict access here why are you saying i don't have rights to my own body why are you doing xyz and It's that Z in Gen Z that they come forward and they say, fuck this noise. And and I guarantee Stacey Abrams is going to fucking rally the base around this because now that she's like, well, I obviously didn't win my governor race here. I have all of my all of my focus is going to be on making sure uh, Warnock wins and Walker loses. And I think that's why do you, you think that's going? why she conceded
1: so quickly and she moved directly to that race. I mean, it's possible because I I, think- I I really, truly believe in the in state Abrams' authenticity for democracy. Right. Like, right. Like I, I, I don't I actually I'm, I'm not in Georgia, so I can't say, you know, what, who should and shouldn't win. I don't think she should run in Georgia again. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I don't think Beto should run in Texas again. Uh, I don't think Chris should run in Florida ever again, anywhere, ever like dude retire. And- yeah. Obviously, the electability is not quite there. Now, I'm not saying that those those folks shouldn't still participate in politics. They absolutely should. And I'm not saying that there's openings later on down the road. Beto's a young guy. Chris, not so young. Um, Stacey Abrams definitely could have an opening later on down the road. But right now, it's more important that we get their energy Mm -hmm. and 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 their fire, because there's one thing to say about Stacey Abrams. Like you're saying, she can get out the vote. But better work is the same fucking way that they drive democracy. Right. And that is the most important thing that I think that the Democratic Party needs to lean into is this idea of your choice of democracy versus autocracy. You choose. And I think that's why Gen Z engaged so much, because young people are always politic. They're not scared of political opinions. Right. Right. They're not scared to voice um, their opinion. But they always have struggled to engage in the ballot and the ballot mm-hmm. box. They did not struggle this time. Right. Gen Z is very organized. They have a certain way that they organize because they have a certain way that they communicate. That's why the fucking polls are wrong. We were saying that for fucking weeks, that right. this, these polls are antiquated. We were saying it for months that mm-hmm. these polls are antiquated. There's no way that these polls were actually telling the truth. Right. And it came and we out said ignore that the way. way.
2: We said ignore the polls. Exactly. Just go vote. Do right. not look at the poll. And for everyone else, TYT and uh, Pacman. David Pacman, who 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 literally were pushing, you know, hey, you know, they they add content to the the political kind of stratosphere, but when you've got people on those programs who are saying, Well, looked at the polls today and it doesn't look All too right. good for the Democrats, <laughs> it, it annoyed me. It annoyed me right. because here's the thing like, even if you did know, you were like, mm-hmm. I could see the future and I know Democrats are gonna lose. Why would you not? Why, why? Like, why would you not be like, hey, look, we have a shot here, we have a chance. Everyone should exercise their right to vote. Because here's the thing: if you don't get people to vote in this election, what makes you think you're going to get people to vote in the next election? Right? That's why. In, that's right, why manga's on the on the ropes here, don't you right? think? And right now, you've got many races. Like there are there are there are many 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 House races that I've that I've been following where I'm like, this is thousands of votes apart from each other. This close. is close. Literally every vote counts. And so you need to make sure that like, yeah, voting is fucking cool. It's great. It's awesome. Because then at the end of the day, you're going to say, ah, you know, I voted and at least I did my part. And I had a say, or like, oh, my one vote actually contributed to that win, right? Or that person's loss or whatever it might be. And I look at this and I say, if you push people away and saying, there's no point, why would you even cast your ballot? Because the polls say they're already going to lose, which we know we're already heavily leaning right Due to where the polls were coming from and where the averages were 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 were, were aggregating those, those polls from, and so at the end of the day, it's it's why wouldn't you get people to go vote? Why wouldn't you get people to get engaged? Because right again, if you don't do it now, then what makes you think? Because here's the thing: it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. If That's you say suppression, right? The self suppression. If, if you say we're not going to win, then the person go, What's the point of voting? What's the, what's the point of voting? Right? And then and then at that point. You don't vote. And then that candidate does lose, meaning the Democratic candidate loses, and the Republican wins. And you go, well, see, there was no point in me voting because they were already going to win. So the next election, that person says, well, what's the point? I didn't vote the last time, and my candidate didn't win. So what's one vote going to do? Well, if you're fucking in Colorado District 3 and you're against Lauren (laughs) Boebert, yeah, they've already – uh Frisch's campaign have already cured 200 ballots, which means now I, I think, think I think they had like twelve hundred that they could. Right. So now year, it's down to about a thousand to nine hundred right. something right. that they've already fixed to say, oh, the margins even slower or, or shorter and smaller. And now well, but, you.
1: But that goes to show you that when Democrats engage
2: in, act- in actual
1: democracy, curing ballots and Republicans don't. That could be the fucking difference only exactly. because we engage. We right. engage in democracy. They hate it. They no. fucking hate democracy. That's what Charlie Kirk's trying to say. Speaking of hating democracy, have you seen this clip of this fucking um, governor sh- shit? I no, Isn't that how you say it. his name? Governor shit down in Oklahoma. No. He, re- he-, he won his reelection. Um, it was it was uh, it was a nail biter though. No no Democrat I think has ever gained that many votes uh, in a long time in Oklahoma. But listen to what this guy says. He's standing there with his wife. Listen to this nonsense. This is this guy's talking about. The, uh, I tweeted white ISIS claims Oklahoma. I'm not shitting you.
3: Listen to this. Father, we just claim Oklahoma for you. Every square inch. We claim it for you in the name of Jesus. Father, we can do nothing apart from you. We know we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. And Father, we just come against that. We just lose your will over our state right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you. That we claim Oklahoma for you as the authority that I have as governor and the spiritual authority and the physical authority that you give me. I claim, Oklahoma, for you, that we will be a light to our country and to the world right here, from our state. We thank you that your will is done on Tuesday. And, Father, that you will do have your way with our state, with our education system, with everything within the, uh, the 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 walls behind me and the rooms behind me, Lord, that you will root out corruption. You'll bring the right people into this building, Father, from now on.
1: There you have it. The governor of Oklahoma, the Republican America first Nazi of Oklahoma, laying claim, laying Jesus' and his white nationalist, white Christian nationalist claim to Oklahoma. Right. It's fucking gross. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And over the next two years, we're really the next four in Oklahoma. We are going to point out every time that motherfucker moves, mm-hmm. every time he moves in the direction of white Christian nationalism in Oklahoma, because I would bet that Oklahomans at the end of the day are not going to put up with that shit in the long run. Right. This is ne- this is complete complete miscalculation by MAGA and these white Christian nationalists that they are going to that they are going to do what they wanted to do nationally to these states. Right. I believe it's a big mistake. And oh, I yeah. think we should we
2: should lean in and draw that wedge in the in I mean, these areas. If anything, like it's just for anyone who's like, I'm a constitutionalist or I'm a constitutional <laughs> fundamentalist or whatever the fuck you want to put in your label. My,
1: I got my constitution in my right. pocket,
2: you son bitch. But these are the same people that are like, oh, thank God. God right. is going to be the one that decides the vote. You know, uh, thank I'm gonna I'm doing this for Jesus. Like, okay. He, I think he literally said Jesus come yeah. in Oklahoma. Right, right, Jesus right. come in Oklahoma. So you're going to tell me that the people that have their pocketbook constitution that only know two amendments and they want to bitch and moan about other things are the ones that are invoking God's uh, name and Oklahoma. Jesus' name. And they want to say, oh, thank God. Thank Jesus. We're bringing Jesus to you. They're one projecting pushing their own religion onto you but again the separation of church and state like are we just going to ignore the constitution that you say that right. you live and die by are you going to say that what the founding fathers that you believe intended for the second amendment is don't something put,
1: don't put words in my mouth <laughs>
2: Or or on my pocket
1: constitution. Here's another wedge being drawn between them. Al Sparks is great at drawing wedges as well. Um, this is actually a, a post of uh telegram. Uh, you know, you remember Linwood? Wood? You mean that crazy he's yeah.
2: nuttier than a fucking squirrel turd? Dude, when he is, is he is connected. I he mean, he was connected cr- down in Georgia last time. He literally said, Don't vote. Right. He told well, people not yeah, to vote. Yeah, he was he, tied helped, in with-
1: he helped us win our right. our two seats in Georgia, and he may he help was, this time too. And uh, that's and the wedge. Tied that we do. To,
2: also tied to Rittenhouse, like everything, everything is connected in right. this group of like uh, right wing fascism. Right. Well,
1: so how uh, uh, points this out? Linwood just posted this on Telegram. He he just dropped the picture <laughs> of Trump being defeated on Telegram. Like this guy was the most loyal of the loyalists. Like he was talking about some crazy ass white Christian nationalist stuff like Linwood was going to fucking nursing homes and retirement homes, and saying crazy ass shit into microphones, mm-hmm. and then him and Mike Flynn and Roger Stone, they all kind of got into a fucking top fight. Uh, they
2: all started dropping information on each other because one of which, one of which was the email that was from Tucker Carlson asking Hunter Biden, "Hey, right. can you write a letter recommendation for my son Buckley to Georgetown?" Right. And Hunter said, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it." Wrote the letter, and Tucker goes. Thanks so much for that letter, man. Really means a lot. I couldn't have done it without you. Meanwhile, then Tucker Carlson, about a year later. Laptop! So, laptop, yeah, laptop! 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 You know what was on, you know what was on laptop. the laptop? The that fucking email. email he wrote. Fucking
1: bonehead. Well, th- that's the other point that I want to make here. These wedges that we're going to draw. Even if the Republicans win this house, even if they win the house, yeah. and they and they fucking fight it out to, des- to decide who's going to be the stupidest fucking... The stupidest fucking speaker of the house that we've ever had. You think Paul Ryan is a dumb motherfucker? Just wait until they win the house and they nominate. I mean, even if it's Kevin McCarthy, we're we're poised to have the dumbest motherfucker speaker. Oh ever yeah, in the history I mean, of the house. You, but you, even if he doesn't get it, they're gonna
2: they're gonna put in an even dumber motherfucker. Like, oh well, yeah, you got yeah, you've got uh, Margie Taylor Green saying she wants to be right. Didn't she say she wanted to be the speaker of the house right? Oh well, I mean, wow! I mean, she would. She, I almost guarantee she, she wants to be the Speaker oh, of the House. Yeah. And then Jim you, Jordan, also, Matt
1: Gaetz, any of them. There's also be the whispers
2: speech. of Liz Cheney.
1: Well, we should drive that wedge. She's not going to be the Speaker yeah, yeah, of the yeah. House, but we should definitely say, like, Adam if there was Kinsley ever Liz if there Cheney. was
2: ever a person where you're like, hey, look, uh, we need to remove the crazy right. Republican. Right? Let's call it out. Uh, It would be that person, uh, Liz Cheney, to drive a wedge between them to be like, all right, I'm going to be the deciding factor. If we hold the majority in the House, I'm going to be the person that tells you when to shut the fuck up because you're all fucking crazy. Well, I mean, as as long as we're talking
1: driving wedges, I'm not even opposed to us uh, us as a pro democracy to say, yeah, let's do Paul Ryan again. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, that'll really fucking piss him off. I mean, it'll piss well, him off.
2: It'll 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 really piss them off when you realize that Paul Ryan and uh, well, what he's what he how he was pro um, uh, Katanji uh, for for a Supreme court. Right. Right. And that what? one, that one kind of blew everyone. Like, oh, whoa, whoa. Cause obviously they have a familial relation and he's like, yeah, she's great. She's smart. She does deserve this position. So to have that in the house for those people who are very obviously racist and anti, you know, what is a woman and all that bullshit. Uh, you <laughs> they know, don't the, know what a woman the is. Senate they wrote well. a book. Yeah. They got a documentary.
1: I'll tell you what I've got. I I got someone here that is going to tell us exactly exactly what is going to happen exactly what our strategy should be to keep driving these wedges between manga and the gop when we come back we have dr rachel biddecoffer with us to talk about the midterms break it down for us i'm excited to have the doc back on the tony michaels podcast everyone stick around right after this we have dr rachel biddecoffer
0: we'll be right back mark 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast.
2: Are you numb and alone after storming the Capitol? Have you been left out in the cold after stealing Nancy Pelosi's mail? Do you feel exposed to a government that doesn't share your patriotic values? If any of these describe you, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Paul Gosar and thanks to my new product, Pardon Blanket. I've got you covered. Pardon Blanket specifically works to make you feel safe and cozy after your involvement on January 6th. And if you're one of the other members of Congress who also helped with the attempted coup, Pardon Blanket will protect you too. Pardon Blanket is made of a sort of soft fleece and a layer of sheep's wool. And they're 100% made in the USA. Don't delay and get your Pardon Blanket today for just 99.99. Actual pardons not guaranteed.
0: Jumping back into it, this is the Tony Michaels Podcast.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. You know, I was just thinking, through that break with the pardon blanket, with the list of insurrectionists, if Lauren Boebert loses her race, maybe we should campaign for her to be the Speaker of the House. Oh my God, how great would it be for Democrats and democracy for that bonehead to be in charge of the Republican caucus in the house. Nothing would be better. I want to welcome Dr. Rachel Bidekoffer. Oh, here we go. And see, I am I'm, I'm I'm lazy here. Look at oh, this. I got man. this banner going on. There we go. Doc, how are you?
5: <laughs> I am fan fucking tastic guys. How are you?
1: Welcome. Good. Welcome back. Tell us why you're fantastic. Tell us what is exciting you today, this morning.
5: Whooping Republican. Fucking ass, dude. Yeah. Makes me happy. Makes me feel good.
1: So so what, <laughs> What? because I, I know we talked a lot through this midterm, and we even talked back in January or February, and we were like, hey, we need to get a message out. We need to get a national narrative where it is go vote against fascism. You have a choice, democracy mm-hmm. or autocracy, and you must decide. And we even used the phrase, and you kind of coined it here on the Tony Michaels podcast, strategic outrage. And to point that outrage at them, right? And to make sure that we're drawing wedges and make sure we we dictate and we have a narrative of who they are. Did we do that successfully in this midterm?
5: Yes, we did. Or we wouldn't be sitting here right now, right? Um, you know, people are gonna laugh at 538 and Nate Silver and Dave Wasserman all they want. And, uh, you know, we can talk about whether they should have been using polls after a few elections where they were problematic. But at the end of the day, guys, the midterm effect is a real thing. It should have swept Republicans into power. It should have washed out the blue state governorships in the Midwest and left us vulnerable to even having another Democratic election in 2024. And to avoid that fate, it took a lot of strategic lift and, you know, a little from Justice Alito because once we were te- we were starting to tell people, "Hey, there's a threat to your freedom." They proved it by eviscerating women's fundamental liberty, right? <laughs> and and we really, I mean, we've got helped along in two two points. And I think the, the second one, I mean, the first one and the most important is Alito and and the road reversal because that solved the enthusiasm deficit that we had. And I have argued for a long time that enthusiasm is the main driver of midterm effects. And now I think I can prove it, right? Because we equalized it and we ended up. You know, it, it, it for Democrats is a huge fucking victory. Any even if we lose the House, it is a major, a major win, right? So, um, and then the second event that happened is you know we had spent two months running ads and framing Republicans where we could, where candidates were willing to run the right, right. race, um, you know, as an existential threat to your freedom and to your life, right? And what do they do? Well, Paul Pelosi gets attacked when one of their MAGA nuts gets riled up and and, and breaks into his house with a hammer to kidnap and maybe torture the Speaker of the House, right? And, and that, I mean, that number one proves what we're arguing, that this is a movement that's dangerous. And and is embracing political violence But the best thing is that they they Come out of that event and they're laughing They were laughing, right? So Mm -hmm. here we were telling people You cannot put these people in power They are dangerous And they proved it for us the week before the election. So I'm really grateful that Republicans um, did so. I think it was important that we got Americans to see what the threat was before the threat really got here and it became um, unavoidable. And, you know, to be sitting where we are today, uh, I I can't be fucking happier.
1: Well, you know, I think you make all those great points about what the events leading up to it was, but it it's, it's so reassuring that we had an, an, a generation Gen Z and, and uh, we knew women would pay attention. We knew that would be, they, they would pay attention to this and they would make sure to to, to turn out that vote. But it actually gave me like a lot of pause. I thought Gen Z would show up, but not even close to what they, they managed to do. And, it and, and again, the Republicans immediately, just like the Paul Pelosi or the Roe um, decision, they were like, as soon as they knew Gen Z pushed a lot of these races over top, they're like, take away their vote. Like, that's exactly why they voted against you, you dummies. Right. Like they're they're not you know gonna learn. Saying. I they're not gonna right. learn. And and I guess my question is whether the the Republicans win the House or not, because really I think the most important seats that we won for democracy and especially for the 2024 race is Pennsylvania, the governor. Um, uh, Michigan and Arizona and those Speaker of the Houses; those three states, and those three swing states. Wisconsin, well, yeah, yes. gotta have those those, <laughs> those, those four, those four races in those states were more important than the House of Representatives, right? And and, and absolutely, what, they were that?
5: always my most important races, Tony. And and you know, I I didn't like say on Twitter. Hey, guess what? If Republicans win Wisconsin governor, just that one seat, they can co- completely prevent us from winning in 2024. It's not right. like I was going to tell them that, right. right? Because then they would focus all their fire. But on the it, it, you know off off the record and, and in back channels, you know, I kept pushing as much attention possibly to the Midwest as I could, making it very clear to principals that are involved in making start smart decisions. You know, it you know, worst case, you, you have to expect a midterm effect to happen. It's happened. Every time in fifty years, except for twice, when the natural climate changed the the you know focus of the election, what we had to do was try to make that natural climate. Like, um, you know, we had to affect the climate intentionally, strategically. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, Roe really made a big difference with that. Um, without it, I don't know that the strategy would have had as much success, but I know where it would have been successful and it would have been in the Midwest because if, if any state especially ran a pure negative partisanship strategy from all of their statewides all the way down to flipping both chambers of the state house and uh, it'd be the state of Michigan, right? Really demonstrating um the power of good strategy, because I think even if we hadn't had Roe, we might've been able to pull out that, but Wisconsin was just as critical. And, you know, I couldn't, I can't, I could not tell people before the election, you may wake up and the game is done. Like the whole fucking enchilada is on 22. And this Mm midterm effect thing means we're destined to lose (laughs) control of Wisconsin. Right. So, um, you know, one of the reasons I'm in such a great mood Is not only did we hit those benchmarks, those critical democracy saving benchmarks, we actually did much, much better than that. And and we're able to give them more of like a partisan ass whooping as well. Um, But in terms of the House, I may well be the only Democrat in America who is agnostic on House control. You know, if we control the House nice, because then we can say we, we three swept them in a midterm event. Which is unfucking precedented, right? And embarrassing as shit for the Republican Party. Um, but either way, one or two seat majority or one or two seat minority, they're a party that is completely fucked right now, right? Yes, they have they no mm-hmm. good move to make. And you yeah. know, honestly, if they are in control of the house, then it is going to put on on real display how fucked up and and uh, disjointed and crazy those people are. For two years. So I have said to people, the easiest way to reelect Joe Biden is Republican control of the House with a two seat majority. Well, the
1: other the other thing, too, that me and Gabe have been talking about on that point is that if if they do get a one or two seat, they, they 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 will develop a non MAGA uh, cocks inside their, their group. Right. And and what that will do is it will give us the ability pro-democracy people to draw wedges between those, because we mm-hmm. get to say, because yes. we don't get to say, Oh, those Republicans are great. It's not what we say. We say you're them too. No. You're just trying to run away yep. from what you are. Right. And that, and that will draw that wedge for 2024. And I know we have a few races in 2023, um, and which we should draw wedges there, too. But the most important race coming is 2024. And I even tweeted this morning that we should not we should not worry about Democratic leadership. Joe Biden is going to be the fucking nominee. It doesn't it, it matter what you do. And we should not we should not worry about what yeah. the le- leadership is going to be. We should worry about drawing wedges and creating the MAGA GOP civil war, because that will be what will be greatest for for democracy. It is obvious that they are not they are not well equipped. To fight an election where they are on the defense. They just mm-hmm. are not. That's exactly well, also, right. That's the, the
5: first time we've ever put them on defense and they fell apart, right. dude.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, like it
1: <laughs> ahead, we
5: Dave.
2: no, I was gonna say the uh the performance that we've had in the midterms has been obviously outwardly uh, in, uh, amazingly impressive, right? Like every single secretary of state that these deniers that would have had a play in terms of determining whether to uh, certify and say, yep, that's the winner, you know, or any of these people who would have had a hand in in manipulating the outcome or denying the outcome of, of the election um, were, were rejected just like outright, which is great. I mean, some of these races were close, but thankfully democracy did play a part and they said no. But to your point, Tony, you talked about people who are trying to run away, right? You've got Josh Hawley over the weekend being like, hmm. oh, you know, I think it was when the results came out of Nevada, might've been. Uh, where he was, or I forget which race, yeah, but I think it was re-build Saturday. Rebuild the party he was something. like, nah, we got nah, to we gotta tear it down. We got to rebuild it back up from <laughs> scratch. I'm like, you weren't the, okay, one, you're running away from MAGA like you did on January 6th. <laughs> you riled him up on January 6th. You riled him up before the election. And now you don't like the mess that you made because the mess that you made actually didn't turn out to be the fucking masterpiece you thought it would be. And now you're running away. And everyone in that party, they're going to have a hard time figuring out who's going to be the leader. Because even if they do have a speaker, there's going to be infighting that continues to go on. Because they do not have the majority to say, "Cool, I can whip these votes." I know exactly how we're going to go. They're going to have a slim majority, and even with that, again, like to what you said, Rachel, is we're going to we're going to see this on display. A party when you see a Senate that pushes these bills forward, when you see a House that pushes these bills forward, you're going to see that the only party that is stopping it from actually happening is going to be Republican. I mean, we also. Luckily, had two months or so of these bills, chips, act, infrastructure, uh, price gouging, all of these things that would benefit us as Americans, pushed forward by Democrats and Republicans. Go like, mm, not really my cup of tea. Don't really like and, helping. And then they
1: went and passed out the checks when they did it. Exactly. The other, the other, the other key thing here that I think um, we're forgetting is that there is way more of us for democracy than there are of them. And it is never more clear than in the vote, either to reject or to keep depending on which state it was for those referendums for bodily autonomy, for women, even in Kentucky, Kansas, Kentucky, they were like, fucking keep your hands off my rights, motherfucker. And even this weird situation where, People were willing to go vote for the party that wants to take away the rights, but they definitely say, no, you're not going to take away my rights. It only because we talk about it before, Rachel, where people just don't have um, the civic wherewithal, right? They're not really sure how this stuff works in Missouri the same way. Missouri voted for recreational marijuana, and they voted for a United States senator who is the attorney general, who is, who is the who is the least pro-marijuana recreation that there is They did. That's what happens when you
5: don't fucking wedge your policy and make it clear. You know, if you want fifteen minimum wage, that's a democratic policy. Republicans oppose it. It popped. Democratic policy. Republicans oppose it. And there's still tons of messaging shift to do. But I have have to say, made a lot of progress on, especially in the grassroots, getting people to understand. You have to partisan your policy. Mm -hmm. You've made it super fucking popular. Okay. So now it's time to add Republican, we'll take away or prevent you from having this into these messages. But it is a crying fucking shame, Tony. I mean, because like I would never let somebody vote for pot and not recognize that they have to vote for the Democrat to make it happen. Right. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. And I do hope that we can, we can, you know, transition some of that messaging better for for going forward. Yeah. Well, but let me of, tell you of, this. Uh, let me uh, say this yeah, to you guys, just on this topic, okay? Yeah. The Republican Party is, as as Gabe's pointing out on his board today, and I guess he must write backwards or he has some cool, cool camera flip because I can <laughs> read it. it says Maggie is confused. Okay, it is. It is a it, right now the Mitch McConnell wing of the party is shitting their pants. They this is the Democratic accountability, small D Democratic accountability that we needed since 2016 to shove a wedge into the Republican Party and cause a massive civil war, the rest of the civil war, the actual hot part of the civil war. Right. Right. And um, it's because they're confused on defense, unsure how to proceed, probably incapable of proceeding in the house, even if they get the majority, I want to urge everybody fucking hit them harder. Let's just keep punching them right now mm-hmm. is when we want to go on the attack. Mm-hmm. right. So like they're bruised and bleeding. Let's go rip their legs off rhetorically <laughs> and yeah. make sure they can't get back up.
2: I mean, I think a big I, I think a big push also is going to you got the GOP that is is trying to object to Biden's student loan forgiveness program, which obviously would help even people within the Republican Party. And if you know, I, I think that's going to be a huge, a huge uh, messaging point to be like, look, we are trying to help you in a time that is very hard. If you've got inflation, you're trying to, you know, uh, uh, pay for this or cover your family. Imagine what you could do if you had that money not going to pay these loans. And I think that'll be a huge thing because it also shows on display the Republican Party trying to stop President Biden and the Republican Party from actually helping you, right? From helping because again, I guarantee there are, Many, many people within the Republican Party who vote Republican who would actually greatly benefit from this, as well as other social programs that Democrats try to push. But I think that's going to be a huge one because that was one of those items that he ran on in the 2020 election, talking about canceling student loans. And he delivered on that as well as other things. And the only people that are stopping that that goal from actually being achieved is the Republican Party. And so it just, you know, again, it, it to your point, it just shows it puts them on display of how they are failing America and, and their constituents.
5: Yeah, I mean, we don't have a system that does a good job of, of highlighting their activities when they're not in power. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's only so much one person can do.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> or like you know, uh,
1: we can yell and scream into so, a microphone for two hours a day. If they're
5: uh, if they own if they control the house and who will be the speaker, nobody knows, but it may not be Kevin McCarthy, like I always said it wouldn't be. <laughs> but, um, even if it is, I mean, I want him to be speaker because I want him to have to do it, I want him to right. get his dream job. And have to do it and just like Elon has failed Twitter, just driving in the full display for two years. And the American Mm -hmm. public won't forget that Mm -hmm. this is a this is a this is not a Republican party. It's a Republican cult and it is not capable of government
1: governing. I think you're I I think you're right. And um, if the if the Dems do take the House and we have Speaker Pelosi, because that is what will happen, um, I believe. Um, because when yeah, you I only have so a one, when, when you only have a one vote majority, you're going to have to have someone who really understands the ins and outs of the house. Yes. And there's and there's no one.
5: And you also have to get the vote. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's, that's there's no one that understands, right? There's right. no fucking room for error when you have 219 right. and you need 218 right. to get leadership position.
1: Well, and I think that's, that's one reason why if the Dems do pull this out and there is a one vote um, Democratic majority in the House. It will be Nancy Pelosi as a speaker because they will recognize that they need someone that understands the House and ha- the process of the House better than anyone else. And she probably is the one person in the country above anyone, Democrat, Republican, that understand the process and the mechanisms of the House better than anyone. Um, so I, I think we're going to have, if we do have that one seat um in the house majority, it will be Speaker Pelosi again, which will drive them fucking nuts, which makes me even more excited. Um it, you know, driving them crazy is exactly what we need. And the reason why is because like you said earlier, they can't spot the problem, right? They're trying to figure out is it DeSantis, is it Trump? Who's the speaker? And they can't spot the problem that the reason why you're having this trouble is because you're you embraced authoritarianism and you embrace fascism. Mm-hmm. So they're not. Everyone's like, oh, are they going to dump Trump now and dump fascism? Nope. They don't even recognize that. that well, they the they want to. Gone.
5: They want to, Tony. That's the thing right. is for the first. I mean, they've always wanted to. Right. But right. The first, this is the first time they, they well, second, because they chose to let the ship sail after Jan Six. This is the second time that they've had the opportunity, right? And then in this case, they've been able to tell themselves there's no electoral price to what's happened with the Republican Party into letting Trump take it over and turn it into MAGA, but now they've paid a price. They should have fucking won 50 seats in this midterm. There is the only reason they didn't is because they have turned their party over to a nut job and turned it into a cult and not a political party. Otherwise, they'd be they would have cleaned up, dude. They would have fucking cleaned up if it was a sane party, because that's how midterm effects work. So, you know, like I said, when your opposition is scrambling. When you've you've won a few battles against them and really put them in a defensive posture and they're confused, that's when you add more fire and more heat and you press your advantage even harder. And that's why I really want people to understand we we should be begging, begging, not hoping, not dreaming, not even agreeing, fucking begging Joe Biden to run for re-election. And I was just talking about this on Twitter because I'm always trying to find a way to convey complex strategy in a simple fucking way. So I showed a picture of a mountain a very steep mountain. okay. And I said, look, if I told you, you could start climbing this mountain from halfway up, you would immediately see the advantage in that. Okay. Same thing with presidential incumbency. It's a massive structural advantage for us. It prevents us from having a, a nasty, expensive party primary process, which if anything like 2020 will be a total shit show. And our media system will always cover our shit show more than theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And B, it saves, so it saves all that infrastructure and investment and you can start teeling it right towards your general election strategy. And uh, you know, B, the, the incumbency advantage in the presidency is still quite powerful. You get the bully pulpit, you get agenda setting power out of that. You get the plane to fly around. You already have the job. You get the, the pomp and circumstance played wherever you go. Only, mm-hmm. I would never have to convince Republicans, in other words, not to give up the strategic advantage that incumbent reelection um, pr- uh, presidents will campaign would present to us over, well, I just want something young. I just want time. I just think it's time for change or new leadership. Okay. That you can have those feelings, and I'm not saying they're not pertinent, but democracy is still fucking on fire. And if we want to kill the kill the fascist movement and maga off, it's going to have to extend to the next election cycle. Mm-hmm. Why in the hell would we give up our best strategic advantage going in? I say right. that would be stupid and I hope other people can agree with me on that.
1: Yeah. I agree I agree wholeheartedly and I think anyone out there um you know having this notion that somehow I, I mean I don't see how Joe Biden isn't going to run and I don't see how anyone would mount a campaign against him at this point just no no just one would on his yeah, just on yeah. his record, just on his record alone, there's no way that you could you could really go into a primary and point to Joe Biden of how he hasn't done more for Americans than than. In, I got to like tell you, Tony, if, if right.
5: a Democrat was dumb enough to, to challenge Joe Biden for the nomination, if he decided to run, that's it. I'm fucking out of this country. I'm moving. Here, OK, <laughs> well, they should
1: go. They should go join MAGA if they're going to do that, because you're you just don't no understand. If you're
5: that fucking dumb that you can't understand not to challenge your incumbent president in a, in a primary election after he just took you to the best historic midterm in the fucking history of the party, then yeah, Yeah. I mean, I got nothing for you, dude, but I also, also like, Oh yeah. I'm not worried about the insiders and establishment in D.C. and the Beltway getting this. I'm worried about public sentiment. And I want to give people food for thought. I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm just giving you a different frame to think about presidential nominations and, and really see the structural disadvantage we would be at if we push for a different nominee. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I mean, yeah, obviously working at a disadvantage. The other thing, too, is like if you have those first four years and if you have the especially I mean, like if you compare it to the first four years of Obama versus the second four years, which, you know, obviously, if you have you lose control of the House or Senate, then you become more or less a lame duck president where you're trying to do things. But then you've got people like Mitch McConnell rewriting laws and rules that you follow in terms of how you choose a Supreme Court nominee. Right. And then when you've got uh, if you do, in fact, get a a a second term where you do have actual majority and you do have the power to push past or push through legislation that puts your party at a good advantage for the following the following election. Right. Not the second term, but the new uh, uh, um, candidate who is running. Right. Obviously, you're starting from scratch, Republican versus Democrat, but you already have eight years to say. Look at what we did with our party. We didn't have anyone that was pushing against us. And even when we did have people that were challenging us from the Republican side, we were able to push forward legislation. And each time we did these things, they said, no, 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 no. And we pushed through and we got them through to actually provide you a stimulus, to provide you aid, provide you infrastructure, provide you, you know, student loan cancellation, provide you uh, recreational or, or decriminalized marijuana like all of these things that would greatly benefit their constituents you now have that you know kind of uh, arsenal to say look at what we did when we did have control right look at how these social programs actually benefited everyone as opposed to republicans who say we're going to keep the foot on you and you can't get out of this well the, the other narrative that you have is this is if we if we go
1: into fighting in t- 2024 and we win that election now you have the political capital to go into 2026 to win another midterm, and that would only heighten because they're going to fight this out. Right, Rachel? They're going to battle this out, not just this year, but in 2024, 2026. This MAGA movement isn't going anywhere anytime fast. They're going to stick around because they have control of these little pockets of the country, and there's nothing we can do about that they're going to control some power in some form in this country and it's not it's going to make them still stick around so we must have them fighting each other for 2024 we must have them fighting each other for 2026 and for the next presidential election after that and the only way we do that is to keep driving those wedges and pointing out how fucking crazy they are and that if you have crazy people in your party you're all fucking nuts like that, you are no all shit. fucking crazy for mm-hmm. even letting these people inside your party. And that's what we have to do. We have to pen MAGA on them, regardless if they want to run away from it, like Josh Hawley ran away from from him rallying up the supporters on January
5: 6th. And I got to tell you, that runaway is going to be a lot harder if they hold that that House majority. A lot harder. Mm-hmm. So if people are really putting a lot of basket, you know, fruit into the basket of, of winning this majority, right, which we're, now I think is like 70, 30, probably go into them. But we, we've we seen Orange County ballots, the, the vote by mail system out West, it, it just takes time and we don't know what's going to happen with the House. But like... You know, hopefully now that you've heard my voice and explain like the strategic advantages that will come with that, you know, it, it, be, it will be a lot harder for us to keep the focus on MAGA crazy, though I think mm-hmm. indictments are coming and I think that's going to help um, <laughs> that if we control the house. Now, I want to control the house like everybody else. I'm just willing to see the strategic advantage of not controlling it as well.
1: Well, I appreciate you joining us, Doc. And again, come back next week if you can and give us more of an update when we see more of these races fall. And if the Republicans do take the House, my bet is that the word laptop works its way into the official record at least 2000 times (laughs) in the first 60 days of them controlling it because they're crazy and we should pen that on them. Thank you, Dr. Rachel Bidekoffer. Everyone go follow Doc on Twitter while Twitter still exists. Um, Doc, give him your give him your handle there while Twitter still exists there.
5: That's yeah, just at Rachel Bidekoffer. I'll leave Twitter when they kick me off or the lights go out. And I don't think <laughs> either thing will happen. I don't think it's like no, <laughs> I'm really I, excited I, that so many people stuck with Twitter and uh didn't just go and pull the plug right right before election day because that would have been mm-hmm. a strategic disaster for the left. So
1: well, we, everyone go follow Rachel and you'll find the messaging there on her Twitter page for sure. Dr. Rachel Bidicoffer. Thanks for joining us. As always, my friend, come back again, come back. We'll find a day next week that you're available that we can uh, get some more updates as these races close. And we know these counts and we know what that house is going to look like. We'll have a little more how to drive these wedges. I'd
5: love to come back after we get this clean sweep in Arizona and talk about that strategy. Oh, that's, why yes. it works so Well, And how we whoop the fucking Arizona GOP's ass.
1: (laughs) Well, let's do that next week. We'll talk about the house, what the outcome is, and we'll talk about Arizona next week. Thank you, Dr. Rachel Bidikoffer. Everyone, stick around. We'll be right back right after these messages.
0: We'll be right back. Mark, 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast.
2: I've always wanted to learn a new language, but whenever I try, it never sticks. So when Babbel made a MAGA edition, I knew I had to give it a try. Babbel MAGA edition makes it really easy to learn. And there's lots of lessons to choose from, like subtly racist to full-blown white supremacist. The first lesson began with learning simple phrases. And soon I was putting those words and phrases into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes to complete. And they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words that I'm struggling with. I chose Babel MAGA Edition because it's created by smart white people like me. And now I can't wait to explore, meet new friends, and use my new MAGA skills with my in-laws. All lives matter!
0: Jumping back into it, this is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Gabe Sanchez is always like 12
1: steps ahead of the of the curve with that commercial the the maga babble I got a I got a video I want to show you gate singers yeah of a teacher in um I don't know where this is at but he's talking about how he thinks he's uh superior because of his race to um, um black 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 children in a school um I don't know if this guy is uh, fired yet but <laughs>
2: I I'm not saying he should Is this a, is this an early moment of fuck around and find out like oh is, are we God, are we seeing is... the what is this guy's name? I uh, You know what this see.
1: is? Yeah, let's see. Um this is uh, a Jewish ginger resistor here Hand it it's Bulls Middle School. Um I'm not sure exactly
2: where it oh, is. I didn't even have to finish the whole name. I just said BO and it was Bulls. Uh investigated 1 day ago. 20 Oh, hold on. Okay, okay. Wait. Let me let me pull this article uh flugerville flugerville teacher yeah that's flugerville bo- this, this
1: sounds like a dr seuss book already i
2: know well the flugers uh, in flugerville Fluger the fluger i don't know the flugerville isd teacher accused parents of making racist comments so during or what a conversation. isd what is that it's like in school detention uh that is what is this isd
1: I don't know what ISD is. Maybe there's some teachers in the chat that can tell us what I, I mean, it was all I ISS when I was in school, in school suspension, but maybe it's in school detention. So mm. this is, this is the guy who gets the, the,
2: uh, mispr- I'm assuming it's, it's probably something like school district, uh, oh, really? Oh okay. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. Oh, oh, independent school district. There you go. Independent school district. So a
2: Flukeville independent school district teacher accused oh, by parents of I making see. racist comments during a conversation with students. Accused.
1: At he's not accused. He's on video saying it. Fuck right. accused. Fuck so this then
2: kid. we go through the letter states that the teacher is no longer employed by the district after the inappropriate conversation as of Monday morning. So he did fuck around, and he found out. Here's the guy. Here's the guy on the screen, and
1: I'm going to play the video here. And But I but I, I, I want to say before, <laughs> it's like a video like this just clearly demonstrates why Gen Z is like, fuck these people.
2: Fuck you old white men. Yeah. Like are you, this Yeah, is, it's like, why are we surprised that the people who, you know, these older people, are these racist people these people who want to like right. suppress your vote or, or take away your rights again like we, we talked about earlier but it, it, god forbid that this person says no i'm not going to take this shit anymore i'm going to do what I, i'm going to tell my parents i'm going to do this right. i'm going to do that and then yeah it's like yeah you fucking talk down to kids and tell them that tell them something racist what state know. is this in what state is it It's in Texas. Okay. Beautiful. Texas, even better.
1: So this is a, this is the clip and he's in the classroom and these kids are like laughing at him. Right. And the reason why they're laughing at him is because I would imagine most of them are like, we know who you voted for. We know who you are. We know why you are the way you are. And we're going to get the power to go against you soon. These kids aren't dumb to this idea. That's why Gen Z. That's why the fucking polls were off. That's why they're, they're antiquated. They either need to stop doing polls or figure out a different way to do them because they're skipping an entire demographic. Yeah, you had had kids who were,
2: you know, 16 when the pandemic went down and they had TikTok as a way to to communicate, to get the word out, to talk. It's a good point. You remember the picture we showed that
1: Lin Wood? That is from him when he came back from Tulsa when the TikTokers yep. absolutely
2: torched that rally. Yeah. They they Gen Z has been fucking with Trump since 2020. Like since they they've been able to uh to Corral around and use a technology and resource, and right. say, you know what, we're gonna. F- I mean, I had people during that time that were saying, "Hey, make sure to buy these tickets here. Make sure to do this. Make sure to, you know, do yeah." You is- would go
1: on and you would reserve a spot or whatever. Right, exactly. It would look like they had these big and. bright. and when you and show no up, you're like, oh, up. oh, there's
2: like twenty people, and right. the stadium's for thousands, right? Oh, um, there's tens of people because what? Because what would happen? Which is- also drove the whole like, let's let's ban TikTok. That was a big push. Right. It wasn't really security. It was more of now. The, now it kind, being, of now yeah, yeah. it kind of but is. Yeah. But it also at the time was like, I'm being humiliated by these kids. These fucking me- I would have gotten <laughs> away with these meddling kids. Well, you know, the other thing that it did is
1: um, it caused him to have to do these rallies in pastures. Mm-hmm. And the it, one reason why is because he can't afford because right. he owes so many people fucking money. But the other reason why is because then they could control it. They could control how big it was because it was it, they had a massive amount of room. Mm -hmm. If a lot of people showed up, because what was also happening is they would reserve all these seats. Right. And it would appear that they had all this fucking, these people going to come. So they would have to change venues to be a bigger venue, which made that fucking venue look even more empty. And and Gen Z was like, you know, run fucking victory laps that they were able to use the internet just to fuck with him. But here is, here's, here's one of a grandpa Q and honor supporters. And you don't have to believe me. Uh, Just listen to his own words. He doesn't say he's a Trump supporter, but you tell me he's not and I'll tell you to fuck off. But watch these kids laugh at him when he gives them his views. Uh, Listen, this is this is this is actually kind of hilarious. Deep
3: down in my heart, I'm
5: ethnocentric, which means I think my
0: race is the superior one. Oh,
2: literally, they are laughing at him when he He said I'm ethnocentric,"
0: ethnocentric,
2: which means that my race is superior. Right. And these and kids are like, uh, you yeah, know, fucking no it isn't. Like they, they they're laughing at him. It's not that they're angry anymore.
1: These people aren't like the Gen Z aren't even angry anymore. They are fucking laughing at you, white Christian nationalists. Yeah, they are laughing at you. You are a joke. And that's why they're coming and voting against you, not because they hate you. It's because you're so fucking stupid. They do mm-hmm. not want you in control of anything. That's well, the
2: point. Also, you know, if you look at, especially, I think the pandemic was a very interesting developing period for people. Right. A lot of people, you know, especially within labor, decided, Yeah, It made, hey, it
1: made, it made unions
2: stronger, don't right. you think? And they were like, hey, look, my own value and my self-worth is not worth the amount that I'm being paid or the hours that I'm being worked or just the type of just uh, treatment that I'm, I'm, I'm going through. I believe – I deserve more. So those people said, fuck it, I'm leaving. And why a lot of businesses were like, hey, we're hiring, we're hiring because people were leaving those businesses. Right. And obviously those businesses want to say, well, it's all because of Joe Biden, and the pandemic, you know? And it's like, that's actually not why. It's because you're a shitty boss. You don't pay fair wages and your conditions aren't great. So they decided they didn't want to fucking do that anymore. So the other part of it too, is when you look at these kids, you also have to realize that they themselves during that period we figuring out exactly what was going on, right? They were out, This guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's running a country into the fucking ground. He doesn't care about the lives of other people. He says it's not my responsibility. He's, you know, trying to uh, to place blame on other people in terms of the pandemic. There's all these things, and these these kids, these students at the time, they're like, "Look, we have a lot to uh, to offer to society right now. We're not just somebody who's a little kid." who then has to, like, uh, like as I get older, then I get a voice. Then I get a say. These kids at that time realize, oh, fuck, dude, we could do so much with what we have right now, and we should not be able to stand or take that shit that somebody says. And this is a situation in which you would normally say, like, oh, the teacher says something crazy. Maybe one kid says something, the rest are like, oh, I don't want to fucking deal with that because I'll get suspended or detention or whatever. Or maybe somebody talks to their parent and none nope. of the others laughing at him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. But it's none of the other students feel like they can say something. And now these students are like, fuck that. I'm not dealing with this shit. I know that I have a certain view and that view is the majority. And that majority is that these people, are, we are all equal. We aren't, there's not a superior race or a superior gender or that you, just because you're a teacher makes you right. And I think that's the biggest lesson here is that just because you are the person in power in the situation doesn't make you right. We have to look at the facts of, the, of what's going on. And this guy's just a racist and trying to trying to sugarcoat it with wording like ethnocentric. Right. Really, it's I'm a fucking racist. Right. And I believe white oh, people oh, are better. And that's what that guy is saying. Oh, oh, it gets it gets better. And the students laughing him even more because he doubles and
1: triples down on it. Listen to this. So white
5: is better
3: than all. No,
5: let
3: me finish Okay. Hey, I think everybody thinks that they're just not honest about hey, it.
5: Hey, I'm not racist, though. I like all types of comments. Did I
3: say I don't like
5: people? People only Do think that? Wait, so you said you are what? You
3: are a racist. You're saying you're
0: like, you're I racist. I think
3: everybody's a racist at at that level. No, you said you are racist. <laughs> I did. I yeah. did. Yeah, I'm trying to be it. honest. Yes, no, I'm not so saying this again. Too. I've said it enough. So you're racist. I think I should like tell you something. <laughs> yeah, she's just <laughs> put your phone up. I, respected I, I'm, you, I'm I
5: finished
3: actually respected you for a while, but
5: like I'm now my phone up. I don't up. I got no more
4: respect mm-hmm. Yeah, sir. I don't think I got respect for him no more, bro. Mm-mm.
2: Uh oh,
1: what's the best the best part about it, and not only that they laugh at them, that these yeah. kids are so are, are are have educated themselves, like you said, be, through the pandemic and what these people have been yelling and screaming because. The guy, the guy thinks that he's on the side of the majority in this country because right. that's the loudest of the loud. Right. Yeah. the White Christian nationalists are so fucking loud that he's like, I'm the majority and I can tell these kids what to believe and what I think and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, too, is I, I I watch this comment a lot. Um, They say shit like, well, he's not allowed to have an opinion. He is. He is allowed to have yeah, that opinion. Yeah. And let me tell you something. When you're a teacher at a school and you are willing to say that opinion that you are allowed to have in front of in front of black students, when they laugh at you and when they challenge you, you get so upset that they have a phone out that they're mm-hmm. going to record you doing it. You are going to pay heavy consequences for that opinion that you have. Yeah. Really heavy. Now, you could have just – you could have remained silent. You're right to remain silent and shut the fuck up. And you could have went on about your day and you could have just held those – Those deep seated racist beliefs inside of you and just crawl back underneath your fucking rock. But no, you think you're the majority. And Mm -hmm. these kids, I mean, not only did they laugh at him when he, when they gave just a little bit of pushback here, just a little bit of pushback, he fucking folded like a goddamn tent.
2: Oh, yeah. And the other thing, the other thing that I think is, is a very powerful to see here is a lot of those students are from the BIPOC community. Right. Right. And so these kids, Again, during the pandemic, what did we have happen? We realized that, you know, black, indigenous, Asian, Hispanic, like these lives do matter. It's not just white lives, right? And white lives are the only thing that matters because they're the deciding factor. It's that during this time, there were people within my own community, the Latino community, the black community, the Asian community, all of these communities that, uh, that realized, oh, shit, people actually care about us. People actually, it's not. It's not just a, a minority of white people saying that we don't matter and that we're the butt of the joke, right? And that they don't care about us. But actually, there is a monsoon of people that that storm or, or march the streets and and actually advocate for our rights that we have actual equal rights, right? And like you know, Black Lives don't matter, or like all lives don't matter, until. Black lives matter. And that's right. the thing to realize. And these students who are from the BIPOC community realize during that time, like, oh, shit, we're not just we're not alone. It's not just our thoughts of like, man, I I feel like I belong and I feel like I should be respected, but nobody respects me. You have millions of people across the country and across the world during this time that corralled together and actually supported these people who are not white. Right. And yes, the kids are all right. Like MJ says, the kids are all right. These kids are fucking Pushing and challenging the status quo, which is the white dude or certain, you know, Republicans in power. We've got Gen Z, uh, a House uh, candidate or or now. um, Yeah, from Florida, from Florida that has, uh, you know, has been elected. Right. Yeah, he was um, posting that he this morning. He's he was
1: uh, it was early in the morning. It was still dark, but the the dome of the Capitol was lit up on the outside, and he was standing outside. and He said, "You know, it's starting to hit me. I think is I, b- I believe is what he was tweeting." Right. But I I, I want to say something here because um, I think a lot of people fail to to see this because I've been called a race trader and all kinds of fucking shit because I come I come from a very rural racist part of the country. It's Trump country, but let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. When it, it is it is imperative that white folks. White people push back against this idea that this dummy had. And the reason why it's it's super important is because what Gabe is saying is we give space for BIPOC people, people of color, um, people of different religions, different backgrounds, different cultures. We give them that space, us as white people, when we allow them to show their diversity, when right. we allow them to have that opportunity to laugh at this motherfucker, mm-hmm. right? When we say, no, it is not all right for a white person to say this to children in a school, it gives those children the ability to laugh at him and to challenge him, not to not to get violent, not to get crazy, not to start throwing punches. They literally laughed in his face because there is that space and, mm-hmm. and white white people have to open that space. We must take away our privilege from ourselves it is the only way for equality and equity is to is to just completely kill this idea that we need white privilege for some reason because that's what that guy is holding on to this old fucking notion that he's superior because he's white and he has special rights and special privileges because of it and and it's everyone knows it that's what he's saying He's saying everyone knows it. Even you, little black kid, even you know that I'm superior deep down inside of you. I have these special privileges. And when they challenged him, he fucking folded. He said, put your phone away because he knew he was in trouble because they didn't get violent. They didn't get crazy. They all they did was laugh at him, mock him. Number one, that is important. But then they just pushed back just a little bit and said, defend your racism, defend it. Right. Defend it, you old fucking ball sack. Defend it in front of us, and he couldn't. He couldn't do it because they can't. Because there isn't a good defense right. for it.
2: Well, even there was there was one kid who the the kid who was standing up and then sat mm-hmm. down. If you listen to what he said, his commentary is like, "Man, I didn't." He's like, "I didn't know if you're racist before, but now I definitely know." And right. he sits down, and then the other. I mean, the other kids were really pushing the fact that they were like, "You're fucking racist, man!" Like, what did you say? You admitted that you're racist. Right. You believe that white people are better. OK, that's what he's like. No, I, I, I didn't say that. I, I did not say that. And it's like, well, then what did you say? Right. right? Mm hmm. Well, <laughs> speaking of um, speaking of bigoted
1: white people, the former vice president of the United States and fly holder um, is uh, rolling out a book. And I, I actually believe that Mike Pence was betting on um these Trump candidates to lose here, just by some of the interviews, uh, the clips from the interviews. Yeah. And
2: some of Well, it's always the easier to, you know, right. come out 2020 hindsight and right. say those things as opposed to when Man, the, 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 the biggest thing he said was earlier this year, which is he was at a federal society event and he was like, no, the election wasn't stolen or Donald Trump was wrong. And that was the most he said that right. was the most he said from January 6th, even though, we found out during the committee exactly what was going on. That was the most he said, which was earlier this year. I think it was March or February time. And he said, uh, uh Donald Trump was wrong and the election wasn't stolen and so on and so forth. But right. now you've got this. And I like, cool. He's speaking out against Trump and Trumpism, whatever, whatever. You know, I, I don't fucking care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, if you really did believe those two years too late, you motherfucker, you would have said those things at the time. If you really believe like you're fucking they wanted to fucking hang you, man. They they (laughs) built they built the goddamn gallows for you. They designed it. They built it. They broke it down. They transported it to D.C. Then they rebuilt it. And then we're chanting, hang Mike Pence. And during that whole time, he's like, these guys, they're not so bad. Like, they don't really the, want to do it. Here's the thing, though,
1: that this is going to reveal is this motherfucker held all this in for two years and his fucking family, his kids were standing next to him and they were there with him. They were going to kill him and kill his children. And yeah. he it took him two years to come out. I mean, fucking Donald Trump calls Ted Cruz's wife ugly and Cruz puts on his Cheeto dust knee pads. Mike Pence had his life threatened by Donald Trump because he tweeted him and his life's family are is him and his family's lives were in danger. And this motherfucker is just now saying something now that Trump is down and he's going to be indicted. He's 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 going to likely mount a campaign that's going to be a losing campaign in a primary. I will be wins, but I think he's going to lose. He'll probably have to drop out because he won't be able to gain a fucking not a cent. But this motherfucker here trying to sell a book. We talked about this before, trying to sell a book. Fuck you, Mike Pence. And this is the thing. Everyone shouldn't go, oh, Mike Pence is a hero. He's saying the truth. Yeah, but this has been the truth for a long time. He's fucking Trump. He's fucking Trumpism. He's just now finding it convenient for him to yeah. walk away from it. Like Josh Holly ran away from the supporters on January 6th. Let's not forget that. And let's tie this son of a bitch to Trump forever. Let's listen.
3: Members were barricaded inside the House chamber. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It angered me. But I turned to my daughter, who was standing nearby, and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem.
1: It took you two years to muster the curs to say that shit in front of a camera you piece of fucking garbage you love Trump you continue to love Trump you continue to hitch to his wagon even after he threatened to kill you and put you and your daughter who was standing next to you lives in danger you dumb motherfucker
2: I I I'm look I I'm not a betting man yeah but I would put money on the fact that Mike Pence never said that shit no. I'm Fuck gonna no. I'm gonna go with Mike Pence. Uh, for uh, you know what? Uh, I'll go for a thousand here. What is things that never happened, and uh, or or I will go for the category of what is or or things that never happened for a thousand. And it is what is Mike Pence saying that exact line? He never said shit. He might have actually talked to his daughter on that day, uh, but I doubt he ever said anything like that because I would have to say two years. Two years that he waited to actually, I mean, you got to keep in mind, he was trying to figure out what to say and how to handle January 6th as it was going down, right? He had to confer with other people to realize, oh, should I say something? Should I not say something? Like, how do I act on January 6th? What do I do? Because right now I seem to be the only one who's holding this shit together outside of Nancy Pelosi, who's actually trying to get military assistance. Are you calling Mike Pence a liar? I think you're calling Mike Pence a liar. I'm calling him I'm calling him a coward <laughs> and I'm calling him a liar. I'm calling oh, him a liar and a coward.
1: <laughs> Speaking just... of liars and cowards, you gotta see this. Have you seen this? Someone unearthed this ad. I think Patriot Takes posted this. No. Ron DeSantis. This is fucking real. This is not a deep fake. This is this is a hundred percent real. Watch this shit.
5: Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump, but he's also an amazing dad. Ron loves playing with the kids.
0: Build the wall.
5: He reads stories.
0: Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part.
4: He's teaching Madison to talk.
0: Make America great again.
4: People say Ron's all Trump, but he is so much more.
0: Big league. So good.
4: I just thought you
3: should know. Ron DeSantis for Governor. What
2: the fuck? Listen, listen, listen. That started. It, that started. Honestly, the music, <laughs> the way it started, reminded me of like a sitcom. Like it was like a jokey. Like oh, oh it's gonna fuck. be fucking. You know. Oh my god. This is great. I I
1: think we sh- You should absolutely not replay this thirty second hand whenever whenever there's a wedge to be drawn. And this again. This is what I've been saying today, and I will continue to say it. We we cannot let them run away from Trumpism. Fuck them. They owned it. They owned it and they lost. And just because they lost does not mean they get to walk away from it. Fuck that shit. If they thought it was such a winning strategy and that's what they wanted to press on the rest of us, we should make it known that those motherfuckers did until they retire from politics and go crawl back underneath their fucking rocks. We tie them to this every single day, every single minute. Fuck them. Ron DeSantis is not going to walk away from Trump, you piece of shit. Not not the fake ass suit, the fucking shoes, the haircut, the hand gestures, the fucking the voice pattern. You motherfucker. And this commercial where he is absolutely indoctrinating and grooming his children, which is hilarious that they fucking call us groomers. And even in a commercial, he's joking that he's grooming his children. This is yeah. fucking weird. It's fucking gross. And Ron DeSantis, you own this bitch now and forever, motherfucker. I'm gonna make you own it, you piece of shit. I don't know. I think that's
2: um what we should do. And what do you think? Uh, uh, no, there is no way from there is no way getting uh, uh like away from this. Okay, one, this whole ad is fucking cringe. Okay, <laughs> you're. And that's what I thought and I thought it was and put when, together great. I and thought that's was when Trump said great. you're fired. I love that part. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Uh let's just let's just call it what it is. Okay. That's uh, very cultist. You right. know. Uh, Ronnie is Donnie's baby bag bitch. That's is that from
1: 2018. Sure. I have no idea. I mean I have no idea. I don't know, but it's a real commercial. What does it matter where it's from? I mean, we're going to. No, I want to I
2: want to understand the timeline only because the way in which Trump pushed to say like, oh, yeah, I went down and I sent FBI agents and U.S. attorneys to go help uh, Ron DeSantis and and uh, and Rick Scott win their election. So part of me is like, oh, maybe maybe, these these tied together. I have no idea. But I look at it and I say uh, Ron DeSantis is a fucking cuck. And he so is, he Ted is a cuck. Cruz and all these other people like they were they were willing to speak out against Trump when right. it was like primary time. And then as soon as he got the nomination, they're all like, uh-huh.
1: oh,
0: we oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. well, you know, here's the thing is that even more Ron DeSantis is a cuck. His wife is the one narrating it, which is even better on the on the cuck thing um i want to go to a different governor's race this is uh josh shapiro he's going to be the pennsylvania governor he's going to make sure that that swing state is secured for democracy in other words whatever decision that pennsylvania would make in the 2024 presidential election josh shapiro is going to stand by that decision
2: um which is you know following the rule of law right, not right trying to say hey you know what my guy didn't win so i think he should have won so right. that's who's going to win Well, listen to Josh Shapiro
1: here define Mastriano, and we can't forget Mastriano. We have to tie these fucks to that fucking uh, uh, Hitler wannabe. But let's listen to Shapiro here define Mastriano and how how that would have went.
4: Your Republican opponent, Doug Mastriano, still has not conceded the race five days after CNN projected uh, that you are the winner. Are you still waiting for a phone call? What's your message to him?
0: (laughs) I mean, who cares if he calls, right? Uh, You know, he doesn't get to pick the winner. The people pick the winner. And in a resounding way, they made clear uh, that they wanted me to lead this Commonwealth forward. We had an historic win, uh, more votes than any gubernatorial candidate in history. So I could care less if the guy calls me. What matters is the people chose me and I look forward to getting to work
4: for them in January.
1: Oh, boy. Stuffed him in a fucking locker. Like, literally, like, man, I don't give a shit if you call me and you concede. I could care less. It doesn't make a shit hell beans worth the difference whether you concede if I'm governor or not.
2: It really mm-hmm. doesn't fucking matter. It couldn't matter less. Yeah, it's like, one- why did, yeah again, it, it literally, I don't give a shit what he says. I know I won, and the people said you won, and uh, we did the election how we do the elections. And you can go fuck yourself. Yes. That's <laughs> Mastriano,
1: is be, what I mean. Be, right. Be, beautiful way to put it. Um, one last thing I, I want to point this out. Um, again, when we're talking about wedges to draw, here's a wedge you can draw between the Cheeto Dust Q in honor and Mitch McConnell. Um, he's really trying to plus, press the blame on this on anyone but himself because he realizes that he has a DeSantis problem, right? because he can't, it's hard for him to attack DeSantis. He figured that out over the weekend and in mm-hmm. the end of last week. Um, but he, so now he's on full assault and a racist assault, believe it or not, on Mitch McConnell, because Mitch McConnell's wife is is of Chinese descent, so he's being full-on racist here and trying to make Well, you Mitch saw the McConnell,
2: one, you saw the, the. Glenn Youngkin, Youngkin yeah,
1: Youngkin. Yeah, Ken, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And he's like, it, funny how
2: that, the way it sounds like that, it's like, no one ever thought that. Now, no, no one, really no right. one ever thought that until you decided to say <laughs> your racist ass pointed it out, which, uh,
1: well, um, uh, Larry Hogan, the, the former governor of Maryland pointed out on Sunday, he pointed out, even if it was young Ken, it wouldn't be of Chinese descent. They would be of Korean descent. That's yeah. a Korean. again,
2: he's a dumb, it's, it's just another idiot. example of Trump being a dumb right. racist. Right here. But here's what. Here's what the Cheeto Q and
1: posted over the weekend about Mitch McConnell and how it's his fault. This is great. This is exactly what we want, folks. Like a lot of people are like, oh, he's deranged. Yes, we know. And that they are all deranged. He's their leader. That's the point. So he this is what the Cheeto Q and or post on Fraud Social. It's Mitch McConnell's fault. Spending money to defeat great Republican candidates instead of backing Blake Masters and others was a big mistake. It was a mistake. Mitch McConnell did that on purpose, dummy, uh, giving four trillion dollars to the radical left for the Green New Deal, which is not the Green New Deal, not infrastructure, meaning we like infrastructure money to give away in Republican states. But we Mm -hmm. want to call it the Green New Deal when Democrats pass it. He goes on was an even bigger mistake. So basically what Donald Trump is saying is it was a huge mistake for Americans to get investments in their infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to him? Are you listening? He's a fucking idiot. This is why we want him to run. Uh, again, he goes on. He blew the midterms, blaming McConnell here, and everyone despises him and his otherwise lovely wife, Chow or Coco Chow. Is
2: that what or uh, whatever? He's being fucking racist there. Yeah, yeah. The point is this. The point is this. Well, it's, it's Elaine. It's Elaine Chow, isn't it? Is her full name? Yes, yeah, so Elaine yeah, Chow yeah. is right. But, but the Coco Chow is a racist. He right. calls her that shit all the time. Right. This isn't the first time he said it. He said it in other Truth Social right. posts, and, he said, and he's he's
1: pointing he, out that she's a that she's Chinese, and yeah, she which is a
2: rel- Like, doesn't fucking matter. Like, but this, right. you know, like this guy again. This is a prime example of when when anyone in MAGA or Republican, you know, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'll just group them all together. When any Republican right. doesn't have a, an actual argument or, de- or 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 a defense for something what they do is they oh you know what i'm gonna now make a straw man argument or an ad laptop right They're you're gonna do something about groomer, a you want the, wieners yeah. on books and schools right it's mean, obsession it's the with same this thing stuff. they do not have an actual thing no. to retort so no, then no, what they say no. is oh racist term uh you're a groomer you're a pedo you're <laughs> this you're that because you know hey look It's clearly you have your own issues and you're trying to figure out what those feelings are that you have. And maybe you are someone who is subject to those things. Like maybe you're a pedophile, maybe you're a groomer. It just seems weird that that's your instant reaction to put on someone else when that wasn't even a topic of conversation. Right. Well, the other thing I'll point out here is that
1: when he says Mitch McConnell's fault, Mitch McConnell intentionally done this. To Trump, because Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell did not want Trump to have the Senate. And what I mean by that is he didn't want a bunch of fucking Trump candidates voting him out as leader. Mitch McConnell only cares about one thing, only one, his power, his power, Mitch McConnell's power. He doesn't give a fuck about Trump's power. He didn't give a fuck about anyone else's power. Mitch McConnell only cares about his power. And if Trump got his candidates, if he had Oz, Herschel Walker, Blake Masters, um, J.D. Vance and the rest of them in the Senate. Mitch McConnell would have had a caucus, a Trump caucus against him, and he would have lost his leadership rather in the minority or the majority. He didn't give a fuck. He just wants to be the leader. That's mm-hmm. all he wants, because then he controls money. And that is why he fucking stuck money where where he knew he could win Mitch McConnell Republicans to keep himself in power. That's why he pulled money away from Masters is because Blake Masters was going to campaign against McConnell. The other thing, too, is it's really funny that this fucking shitbox grifts off every single one of his supporters who liked and reposted this stupid thing and didn't give a fucking nickel, not a fucking nickel of that money to those candidates. Yep. That is hilarious that he's and, saying Mitch McConnell should have gave more money to candidates when that motherfucker didn't give a dime to candidates. Right. And we should point that out. And we should fucking. Make and I want to.
2: There is there so I I will be doing a what was that on this? Uh, probably not this next one, but the following one will probably be about how Trump is stealing your money, right? And not not the people who man maybe, fake Gabe obviously and, and yeah the other guy fake yeah. Gabe definitely sends in yeah, money yeah for sure fake Gabe for has sure. definitely you know uh refinance his home your home is taking a second mortgage you know uh, probably got car car. loans and everything else just the fucking yeah just to get Uh, his money but what um what i will be doing it on is the fact that trump during the 2020 midterms all right he sent out a text that said um actually i just i was just looking at the other day um this is literally what the text said. This, this is this is the campaign, the
1: grifting text messages.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, okay. So there was a text message I got on Friday from Trump's campaign, and it said, Press Trump, we must save Georgia from the Dems. We've activated, we've activated a twelve hundred percent offer for one hour to put America first. Step up, and then the link, and then whatever." Shit doesn't exist at all. Yeah. None okay. Okay. <laughs> also, again they're making up numbers so you can't like he would have to double down on uh on that percentage he would have to find and he would have to find a way to match that like if you're saying there's a matching program you you donate then we match it to our own program our own campaign that's fucking dumb but that text message that said we must you know uh defeat dems to keep georgia is the exact same fucking message That he sent out in 2020. Oh, you mean in that runoff where he lost that runoff? So when Georgia, so when Georgia went and two runoff seats, right? uh, He sent a text message that was used to grift off of the runoff campaign, the Georgia runoffs. Okay, so he sent that text. He sent a ton of texts, ton of texts. Sent them all the time and was like, "Hey, the greatest text, the best text, text, money can buy. It was, it was, it was amazing." They were like, send me the money. Uh, he grifted off the backs of the Georgia runoffs. And he said, give me money, give me money, give me money, give me money. And people gave money. He did not, and I know this for a fact because I've literally gone to the financial records of his Save America pack. He did not spend a fucking penny on the Georgia runoff. Even though he said, give me money and I'm going to make them win. I'm going to help them win. We're going to make America great again. Friday, I get a text message, that same fucking message. Because we really are in a deja vu situation. We've got another runoff in Georgia for Warnock versus Herschel Walker. And now Trump is trying to grift off of the runoffs again. He will not give any money. He said he was raising money for the Save America PAC to go for the midterms. I don't know many candidates that he actually gave money to. This is another moment where he has a Super PAC or a Save America PAC. And he's using it for his own interest, his that's own right. gain to pay off his bills, to pay off this, to pay off that. He's got loans, he's got debts, he's paying them off with their money. Are you so saying, sorry, fake Gabe? Are you saying that
1: that Trump in the in the message I are the post that I just put up where he said it's Mitch McConnell's fault? He's projecting. Is that what you're saying? I think that's what you're saying because he's yeah. always projecting. Folks, it's been two long hours, and it's already over. I can't even believe that it's been two hours. We had Dr. Rachel Biddecoffer on today. Fantastic. I hope we have her back next week. Gabe Sanchez, um, this week, there's bound to be plenty of boneheads. Everyone's been enjoying bonehead of the week. Um and I look forward to what was that um with Gabe Sanchez. you got a Twitter account with what was that too yeah, everyone yeah. should go follow it. That. That's in your bio right? It's mm-hmm. in your bio so and I, actually of- I just released a new what was that yesterday. okay yeah, so everyone go check out uh, Gabe Sanchez's uh, Twitter page go follow what was that Twitter page and you can see that link there um we'll try to retweet it and and get that out. maybe we'll play the what was that tomorrow tomorrow is Tuesday oh. you know what that means. It's Taco Tuesday, it's Texas Paul Tuesday, and it's Fuck Tuesday because fuck You're the best audience in the world. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to come back every single weekday, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific for two full hours on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and simulcasting from the Midas Touch Facebook page and our Facebook page. Of course, until tomorrow, same time, same place. Surf's up, motherfuckers.
0: He's meal
3: barn, head-ass speaking.